Sunday, October 25. 1. A woman died. She was 66 years old, in good health, active, a non-smoker who rarely drank. She had simply gone to sleep and never woken up. Her family and friends mourned, a funeral was arranged, flowers were ordered, a service organized. Viola Gillian was thrilled. She had never met the woman, never even known of her existence until she had heard of her death, but she was glad she'd died. Viola was vaguely embarrassed by the emotion, but selfish enough not to be too embarrassed. After all, the woman's death presented her with an amazing opportunity. And opportunity, as she kept reminding herself, didn't come calling too often. And when it did, you had to grasp it with both hands. This was her opportunity. The buxom brunette with the Elizabeth Taylor eyes had spent the last few weeks in the ensemble cast of Drury Lane's reprisal of Oliver. The woman who had died was the lead's mother, and now the producers had informed Viola that she was going to play Nancy the following evening. The young woman had immediately gone to sympathize with the distraught Nancy, but only after she had shifted her publicist-almost-boyfriend into high gear to ensure that there would be sufficient press in the audience for her debut. This was her chance, and she was determined to make the most of it. Viola Gillian had always wanted to be a star. Usually on Sundays, Viola would grab a few drinks with some of the other girls in the cast, but she wanted to be well-rested for her proper West End star turn. Viola knew her theatre history. Every great star was discovered by accident. And she knew, deep in her selfish heart, that she was a great star. She fantasized that she would be discovered. She had the talent, the looks, and the drive. And she wanted to move beyond the stage and start acting in films. She had already played small parts in the British soap operas EastEnders and Coronation Street, but she was tired of always playing second fiddle, or even fifth or sixth fiddle, and was afraid that she was becoming typecast. She was nearly twenty-four. She didn't have much time left. Let the others drink all night in the coo bar. She was heading home to bed. It was a spectacular fall night cloudless and balmy, when she left the bar, and she decided she'd walk to her nearby Soho flat. She'd not gone more than two hundred yards when Viola felt the skin on the back of her neck tingle. She'd been a dancer all her life, and every dancer had experienced the same sensation, usually when someone in the audience was focusing on them. Viola knew that someone was watching her. At 11.30 p.m., the London streets were filled with Sunday night carousers. Viola pulled her bag closer to her chest and picked up her pace, walking briskly down Shaftesbury Avenue. There had been a series of violent muggings lately, and she did not plan to fall victim to one of them. Her flat was less than ten minutes away. She kept glancing behind at every corner, but she could see no one, although the tingle at the back of her neck remained. Viola hurried up the less crowded Dean Street and was half running by the time she reached the almost empty Carlisle Place. It was only when she reached the safety of her building and had closed the door behind her that Viola relaxed. She made a mental note to talk to her shrink about her growing anxiety attacks. 
For an actress, she led a fairly vanilla life, and the chance of someone like her ever getting hurt was practically nil. She laughed at her ridiculous fear as she hummed one of Nancy's signature songs. Standing in the hallway, she checked through the day's mail, throwing away a few overdue bills and keeping a coupon for anthropology, which had recently opened on Regent Street. Her mind shifted to far more practical matters as she wondered if she could convince the wardrobe mistress to alter Nancy's red dress in order to show a bit of extra cleavage and accentuate her two best features. It was when she started up the stairs that she heard the muffled cry in 1C, Mrs. Clay's flat. Not usually one to get involved in other people's business, especially when the other person was a septuagenarian who constantly complained that Viola made too much noise, she began to climb the stairs. Then there was the faint tinkle of breaking glass. Viola stopped, then turned back down the stairs. Something was wrong. Standing outside the old woman's door, she pressed her face against the cool wood, closing her eyes and listening. But the only sound she could make out from within was a faint rasping, like the sound of labored breathing. She knocked quietly, conscious that she did not want to wake the other neighbors. When there was no response, she pressed her finger to the lighted bell. Tchaikovsky's 1812 overture blared on the other side of the door. For a moment she thought it might be the bell she was hearing, before she realized it was probably the classical radio station, the only station Mrs. Clay listened to, usually very early in the morning. Still no response. She pressed the bell again and realized that the music sounded unnaturally loud. She'd never heard any sounds from the old woman's flat this late in the evening. Viola suddenly wondered if Mrs. Clay had suffered a heart attack. She looked the picture of health and was extremely spry for her age. Good country air, she had once told Viola as she chastised her for smoking, a habit she'd picked up at drama school. When I was a girl, I lived in the country. That kind of air nourishes you for life. Viola rang the bell again, pressing hard, the tip of her finger white against the plastic button. Perhaps Mrs. Clay could not hear the chimes over the now obnoxiously loud music. When she got no response, Viola fished into her hobo bag and pulled out her key ring. The old woman had given her a key to the apartment, in case of an emergency, months ago. Sorting through the bundle of keys, she finally found the right one, then shoved it into the lock and pushed open the door. The smells hit her as soon as she stepped into the flat. A sharp metallic odor, harsh and unpleasant, mingling with the stench of feces. Viola recoiled, bile rising, pressing her hand to her mouth as she reached for the light switch. She flicked it up, but nothing happened. Leaving the door open to shed light into the tiny hallway, she walked forward and realized that the carpet beneath her feet was squelching, sodden and sticky with a liquid that was too viscous to be water. What was she standing in? She decided she didn't want to know. Whatever it was, it would wash off, she hoped.